This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. We spend so much time in there with just just us as kayakers. And so it's really interesting because all these people come like flooding down and you'll be racing and you'll start seeing spectators and you'll hear them like yelling. They're like dotted around. You're maybe like a quarter of the way through the race by that point. And then like you get to go left and it is like chaos. There are like people in chicken suits and like there's a cowbells everywhere and there's people yelling and and then you get into gorilla and it is like it's like a stadium and in the green race you get one chance to show people how to do the best and be the fastest and so like if I come through the notch and everybody's like yeah like that fires me up and then I like come off a gorilla even more stoked and knowing that I'm like crushing it and everybody's stoked this is the second episode about the green race 2022 the rain has arrived about 180 racers are signed up the festival grounds are busy with those racers nervously gathering their boats and gear finding rides up to the put-in breakfast burritos are slinging out of a food truck People are beginning the few miles of hiking down to the river's edge. Lots of other new people are arriving at the festival grounds. The vibe is a mix of nervousness, of joy, of confusion, of systematic processes. I get out my umbrella and microphone and walk around for a few conversations with the racers and organizers before I begin the wet, long, somewhat muddy walk to the river. My first voice of the day is Jason Hale, the guy who was part of the first race in 1995, who still organizes the race today, and who also still races. This content I'm focusing on is with two of the women in the longboat division, Adrienne Levconnect and Evie Liebfarth. What are your thoughts on those two going head-to-head today? I mean, that's like 12-time champ, old-school boater. She's got all this experience. And then we got Evie, who's a Olympic slalom boater. She runs a lot of human-created rivers. Just two different skill sets. I think, I think for, for Adrienne, obviously no problem for her. Um, it's her home race. She knows, understands creaking, I think, a lot more than Evie. I think for Evie, after this year, it's going to be a big learning curve for her. I think she's, dude, we've had, you know how many slalom racers we've had come down from Great Falls and like, we're going we're gonna to win this. And I'm like, they go home, beat up, humbled. You know, and I think, I hope, you know, there have been some, like Mike Dawson come here and he's like, I'm going to take it. And he took it twice. He came back and took it. So the slalom racers that have learned over the years from past experiences, they're doing better. I'm really excited to see how Evie holds her own out there because it's a good race i think she's going to enjoy the race whether she does well or not i think she's going to want to come back and that's usually we know we're doing a great extreme race when someone comes in to win and they either win or they don't win and they're like are you coming back i'm like yeah it's like when i ask people at burning man i'm like you coming back to burning man if they're having a good time they're coming back and they're like i don't like this they're like don't come back you know we want you to like it right behind jason Adrian Levconnect was loading her boat on a shuttle trailer along with several other racers. Adrian is the 12-time winner. Adrian, good morning. It's the morning of the race. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Um, it rained all night last night. Every time I'd wake up, I'd be like, oh gosh, it's still raining. I don't like wet green races. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite day of the year. Why, why don't you like wet green races? Does the rain change the race itself? Totally, it makes it more ominous. However, like now it's like lightening up a little bit. And it's like, you know, there's a, a little bit of lightish blue sky over there. I don't if you're know being what really you're talking about. That is super about cloudy. It. It's, I'm just trying to be optimistic here, okay? That's all I can do. <laughs> I'm I'm going at 12:04, and Chris Grotman's is going right behind me, and oh man, yeah, it's, it's the best day of the year. Um, okay, any other last like, like uh, you know, words of wisdom or words of lack of wisdom before you pound down there? What do, what do you call it? Mad bombing before you go mad bombing down the river? I'm just gonna go nicely float down with my friends. Okay, good luck. Later in the day, I find Evie, and she tells me about her practice runs on Friday, her last practice runs before her first ever green race. Did you hurt yourself? Are you limping? Yeah, I am. So um, I went through Gorilla upside down yesterday and got knocked completely out of my boat, swam down the next two slides. Oh, on your Friday practice run? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had done a hot lap. I'd done like, my very first like full hot lap all the way down through the race course without stopping. I haven't run Gorilla that many times. So I wanted to hike up and do it a few times. Um, and I hiked up, I went to do it, and on the notch, I got my paddle stuck on the left side and I flipped right above it, uh, right above Gorilla. I went through upside down. Um, with your paddle or without? Oh, with my paddle, uh, but I hit the rock and I got like knocked out of my kayak. So then I was swimming and I swam down the next two slides. So I have like a nasty bruise on my leg, a um, little bit banged up, definitely not the run that I wanted right before the race. So that was like, Probably like the biggest challenge for me was just like getting over that in like the one day that I had before the race. Yeah, that's no joke. Those swims down those next slides. Not only are you hitting rock, I'm, I'm assuming, but there's big hydraulics at the bottom. Oh yeah, no, it was terrifying. And I, I, I mean, slalom you don't really swim that much, so I haven't taken a swim in like six or seven years. So it was like a big shock. It was pretty scary. Is that like? Uh, I mean, that's like. You've done all this like human-created rivers, and then you come out, and, and, and like the natural river just is like, welcome back. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the natural river, like, it really humbles you. And and when you say that you that you had to kind of get it back together, however you said that, like after the swim today to get it back together, are you talking physically? Are you talking mentally? Are you talking both? Um, I'm talking both, but honestly, mainly mentally. Um, I'm talking more about you know, positive visualization. Um doing just some like deep breathing just reminding myself like okay like yes that happened last time I ran it but it's not going to be like that today and so I was really able to kind of like reset myself from that while I find kayaking so fascinating I don't paddle hard boats and I was looking for some clarity around what it means to have a long boat versus a short boat here again is Jason Hale you guys at some point you split the race into long boat short boat and just describe like the difference in the two kinds of boats this race has it's always been a long boat race. It's always been a one boat race. And for a while, like we just wanted to promote people that weren't ready to paddle a long boat. The long boat is more challenging. So we're like racing the short boat. And then we started doing a short boat class. And then we just had to cut that out because like we really want people in a long boat in this race, you know, but we want people to race. If they race in a short boat, they're still in the, in the long boat class now. It's one class. They're just, we'll put them in the, sh- yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't like the short boats. That's the truth of it. I don't like it. But I want you to, I'd rather you paddle the short boat than not race. So there you go. That's the truth of it. And Because, I mean, and we used to say this as a joke, not kind of like, if you race in a short boat this year and you do all right, 
next year being a long boat. But, you know, see people start after years, they're like, I got to be in my short boat this year. And they've raced. I'm like, do what you got to do. I mean, the bottom line is stay safe. Enjoy it. We're going to push you in long boats because they're faster and we think it's funner. More fun. Sorry. It's Alabama. Funner. <laughs> Roll Tide. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so the thing is then that a long boat is faster. A short boat is more like, like it's easy. oh, it's, it's easy. It's easier because the that's the short boats are your original creek boats that you're running really hard rivers in, overnight expeditions. You're not taking the long boat. These are kind of those are the race boats of of class five kayak. So the shorty boat is like more like it's more dynamic and more performance. Oh yeah, like outside of this, I mean, I'm paddling my regular creek boat, which is a short boat, okay. year-round. Got it. Today's sponsor is the Native Team Guide and Training Program. The Native Team Guide and Training Program is a week-long training that focuses on career path skills in the river guiding industry. This annual training program takes place on the San Juan River, floating across lands of the Diné-Navajo Nation. All of the participants are teenagers from various indigenous tribes, the majority of the staff leading this program are indigenous river guides from various indigenous tribes. This river guide training for Native American teenagers will host its 11th season in 2023. Participants learn experiential outdoor and play-based education skills, intertribal and intergenerational centered teachings and cultural history, and the technical skills of whitewater boating, canyoneering, river safety, and first aid. Individuals and river industry companies are welcome to contact the program to explore sponsorship options. In today's episode notes, there are direct links to the Native Teen Guide and Training Program and a video from the 2021 season. You can also find them online, www.cfimoab.org. That is C-F-I-M-O-A-B.org. And there, find the Native Teen Guide and Training Program. Tell them... The River Radius sent you. Today's episode is also sponsored by Lava Box. What is Lava Box? Lava Box builds portable campfires. They start with a metal ammo can, like the ones you might use to store your personal items on river trips. This box is about the size of a shoebox. They insert a patent pending burner, a metal shelf, and some fire rocks. On the outside, you connect the box to a propane tank, a tank just like the ones you use with a grill. Turn on the propane, light the fuel, set the flame height, and you have a portable campfire. It's that simple. You can use these on river trips, on other camping trips, backyard parties, winter camping trips, cool nights at the beach, in the parking lot after a day of skiing, sledding parties with your kids. They pack up easy and fit in your boat or your vehicle. Right now, Lava Box is offering River Radius listeners 10% off everything in your cart. Use the promo code River Radius. That is one word, River Radius. These are designed and hand-built by my friend Josh Thurman at Lava Box. Josh guided all around the southeast with his main spot on the Gali and New Rivers in West Virginia. These portable campfires are hand-built in Colorado by a river runner. You can find Lava Box online at www.fireanytime.com. That is www.fireanytime.com and on Instagram and Facebook. Tell them the River Radius sent you. The next audio comes from Adrian's GoPro. A GoPro is that small video camera that is attached to the top of the kayaker's helmet. It gives incredible visual of the kayak run. It is like you are paddling the river yourself. The camera has a mic, so we get to hear the race. 
Because the camera and the mic are inside of a small, waterproof, hard plastic case, the audio is a bit muffled, but you can hear. We begin at the start line with Adrian. She is about to officially start her one and only race lap at the green race. That was the race official saying 30, meaning Adrian has 30 seconds before she goes. She is in her boat, in the water, paddle in hand, ready. A person stands on a rock behind her with one foot on the stern of her boat, keeping it still. The count gives calls at 30, 10, and 5 seconds with a final go. 10. You know, I'm hearing estimates of 1,000 to 1,800 people will be on the shores, which is not like shores, but it's really just like bluffy, cliffy, rocky things. What is it like to have that crowd? It's so picturesque, and it's so hard to get in there. You wouldn't ever expect them to people to come at that level, but they're there. What is that like to come and boat through there with that crowd? It's really trippy, especially because we spend so much time in there with just us as kayakers. Um, and then like, I've spent my own time in there alone, like grieving for my lost friends. I've spent a lot of time on the river, just like really taking the time for myself and like, you know, smelling the flowers per se. Ever since then, this river has just told me that, um, it's sacred. And then, like, you get to go left, and it is, like, chaos. There are, like, people in chicken suits, and, like, there's a, a cowbells everywhere, and there's people yelling. And, and then you get into Gorilla, and it is, like, it's like a stadium. And I thrive on people watching me do really, really cool things in a kayak. And in the green race, you get one chance to show people how to do the best and be the fastest. And that is, like, how I thrive. And so, like, if I come through the notch and everybody's like, yeah, that was awesome. Like, that fires me up. like come off a gorilla even more stoked and knowing that I'm like crushing it and everybody's stoked and so it's um it's a different experience for sure all of the crowd cheering you heard I was in that crowd with my mic held high recording the sounds of the race gorge I was standing right at the river's edge in a super friendly small group of river people surrounded by the massive crowd we were on river left on the rocks about nine feet above the water about 100 yards below Gorilla, between the rapids of Scream Machine and Nieces Pieces. Here is Adrian's run on my microphone as she comes by.
Hey, I'm Sam. What's your name? Nick. Virginia. Where are y'all from? Greenville. South, yeah, Greenville, South Carolina. Can you, uh, do you, do you know what rapid this is? This is the bottom of Go Laugh. Would you describe the, the human side out here? Like, just how many people there are, where they are, what they're doing? Oh, for sure thousands of people out here. Oh, no. Um, watching kayakers. And where? Like, where are we all at right now? Oh, yeah, we're in the middle of a river on the boulders. Yeah. Staring at the water. It's pouring down rain. We're soaked. Everybody's soaked. Nobody cares. What's the joy, like, what's the joy for you? As a, you're not a kayaker? No, not at all. What's the joy for you of being out here? Uh, being outdoors with a bunch of people who like being outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think of this, like, this intermingling of, like, radical sport and total, like, danger motions? It's pretty cool. This is my first time at a race, and um, it looks like a fun time. I would be pretty scared to do it. I think it's, like, his 20th time here, and I get why he does it. So you, you've run the green? I, I have. Have you raced? Um, possibly. Possibly. Are you, like, a badass kayaker or something? <laughs> You're trying to, like, be humble over here? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we'll take that as a yes. Um, and like, what do you think about it? Like, you're a kayaker. You know this rapid. You know this river. What do you think about like being here watching? Dude, it's awesome. I've been watching this race since I was a little kid, um, and it's all it's it's like the best day of the year. It's, it's better than Christmas. It's my favorite. If you are wondering about how the safety at the event works, I was too. It was impressive to see the way people were staged and the style of safety that has been developed. The safety crew at the Green Race is a rad assemblage of expert river people who have the experience, the skills, the tools, and the ability to work together in sketchy, tense situations where speed at the rescue matters and where it is really hard to hear each other. Tommy Hillicky is in charge of race safety. He is a longtime member of the Green Race crew, and he joined me after the race during the evening festivities to tell me about the safety program. All right, my name is Tommy Hillicky, and uh, I currently live in uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado. I grew up in Alabama, and I went to school at Brevard College and then hung around for five or six years after I got out of college. So I still consider myself a local, even though I don't live here anymore, and I've been gone for about 15 years, but it feels like home whenever I come back. So, Tell me your history with the Green River Race. The year of the first Green Race. Uh, one, one of my buddies raced it that year. That was 96. I started running gorilla that, that fall, but I didn't race. And then the next year came around, and uh, he was like, you should race the green. I was like, okay, and talked me into it. And I raced a couple of years, um, and then I won one. And I was like, holy cow, I can win one. And, uh, and so then I started training pretty hard, and uh, I actually won uh, five more green races. The last time I actually won was 2005, so it's been a minute, but... I still love it. I kind of somewhere in there took over the safety. Um, it was a pretty loose program initially. Like I remember one year after I won, I was doing my race run and like ran through Gorilla and there was no safety. There was, there was no safety anywhere on the course actually. And uh, so I, after I finished my race run, I went. The, I was the first racer down. So I just grabbed my rope and ran up there and jumped down in the pit below Gorilla and uh, ended up saving a few people. And then, uh, like people who had swum out of the people boats. who had swam, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so then a couple more people started getting into that, and the safety has kind of like taken on its own. Uh, I don't know. Then like more and more people started going, and insurance gets involved, and you know. So then now we have to have like a pretty organized safety program. 
which I am now the director of. So, so you know, tell me about the safety because I, I was down there today and it was fascinating to see. For instance, I think I think I was at uh, Scream Falls. No, Scream that? Machine. Scream Machine. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at Scream Machine and there was three guys on a boulder in the middle of the water, anchored in. They're yeah. all anchored, so it's not just like a dude with a throw bag. In fact, the guy, one, two of them didn't have throw bags. They yeah. they were the throw bag. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your safety. What what it looks like out there? So the the nature of the river is that it's stacked to the point that there's not that much time for throw bagging. You know, like the whole throw bag thing. You like say you make eye contact, and then you look at the person, and you say rope, and then you throw the rope, and then you have to have some room downstream. And we just don't have any of that. So, um, I think uh, maybe one year we had a crew down there, and Nate Elliott was was grabbing people below Gorilla, and he finally just put himself on belay and was like grabbing everybody that was having problems and flipping them back over and it was like this works really good so we kind of took that model and moved it to all the stations like that's just the best way to get somebody out of the green is to just jump in and grab them um that's kind of how we how we do it so there. so for the folks who, who don't understand what live bait means and what it means to t- attach to a, a pfd like you're not just clipping a non-locking beaner to someone's shoulder harness or to someone's shoulder. Tell me more yeah, yeah. about what that really means. Yeah, I gotcha. No, it involves, uh, like, most most of the safety crew has some kind of swift water rescue certification. If they don't have a rescue certification, they've been involved in rescues. They know they run the green. They know the river. Like, we vet the, vet the crew pretty hard, and they're wearing a rescue-specific PFD with a releasable harness so that if they jump in and grab somebody and for some reason can't be pulled back to shore – and it goes bad, they can pull an emergency release and let themselves out of the rope system. Albeit then they're swimming, but you, we usually have safety stacked to the point where the next person will grab them or the next person will grab them through the really important places. So, How'd it go today? How was safety today? I think it went pretty well. We can grab people and get them out of the river, but we still have injuries from time to time. Like I, I know at least two people dislocated shoulders today. We work really closely with Blue Ridge Fire and Rescue, and got it to the point now where all we do is get the people out of the river and pass them off to those guys. And they have paramedics, and they have like means to transport them out of the gorge. And it's really they really enjoy it because they they love the green races. I mean, it's because it's always action for them, and they those guys don't like standing around, you know. So. Right. You got a couple dislocated shoulders, but everyone's alive. Have you had years that have been more complicated with with your rescues? Knock on wood, we have not had any super complicated rescues. Like we had a guy today pin across the main entrance to go left, so he was at the top of a class five rapid, broached sideways, pinned in his kayak. Um, but it's a scenario that has happened before, and. On Friday, I met the crew down there, and we went through that scenario and said, this is what you do if that happens. And they had the guy out within three minutes, you know, three or four minutes, he was gone. They only had to divert a couple of racers because that rapid has a sneak to the right. So as people were still coming down, they were just routing them to the right, and they got the guy out, pulled his kayak out, sent him on his way. It was all good. But that's my biggest fear is like a pin situation. We've had people wreck super hard off a gorilla, but that's usually like an impact. Like we've had... Broken ribs, punctured lung is probably one of the worst injuries. A few concussions, dislocated shoulders, but that's that's mostly it for kayakers. Yeah, it's, we've been really lucky. I feel like there's definitely the potential for worse, but part of it is 
the community policing each other. Like we put that out there pretty hard. Don't let your buddy run gorilla for his first time in the green race because that's stupid. And you know, just because we got good safety there. You know, so I, I hear you saying like you were lucky this year and you've been lucky in the past. I guess I feel like it's not luck because I, I mean, you are taking like you have. There are so many men and women yeah. posted up for safety on live bait, and and I've also heard that you all tell your racers that if. If they're going down river, they're all going to be in time. Like, time is the thing. So they're coming down river if they're being timed. And if someone needs help, go help that person and that they can restart their they race. Restart their race. Yeah, I know. That's, that's huge for us. I mean, it's, it's a community. Every racer has to race with a rope. And once those guys are hanging out on the side of the river, they need to have a throw rope because stuff happens. Like, people fall in. And, I mean, I've had definitely had racers, like, perform rescues and, and pull people out of the river. So it's just we really try to watch out for each other, like, and let it – be known to all the racers that they are also like trying to protect the place and protect the spe random spectators that may not know what's going on so <laughs> the thousand yeah. or so plus yeah, exactly. it, it feels like that 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 culture of safety is probably a welcoming thing that that adds to the increase of numbers to your race but i think it, i mean I, my perception is that's that's cool that if people are like i, I trust this from afar I'm coming in. I mean, is that what you're trying to build? Uh, I don't know. I don't really want to say that. You know, I, I, I would rather not have people that are thinking, oh, it's okay, I can do this because there's safety there. They're going to grab me if I wreck. I like people knowing that they're going to make it without the safety. But Okay, right. And the other thing I think is interesting, <laughs> if someone were to run the green section, the race section, they're probably, you know, just for fun with some friends, yep. they're probably going to pull into Eddie's and stop. But, but race day is no eddies. I mean, they can yeah. stop for eddies, yeah, yeah, yeah. but most of them aren't stopping, and that just increases the fatigue. Exactly. And that is probably the main reason why, that we have safety, yeah. honestly, for sure. Because um, people are tired, and, and, and we like to see progression, you know. I like to see these guys, like, totally gassed running the gorilla, but, it, I mean, it's, it's class five. It's, like, inches, you know. It's good to provide a safe place for people to push the boundaries out there, you know. So I, I feel like maybe that's part of what we what we're doing with the safety crew. But part of that is having having people that maybe not should not be racing out there because they get a little encouraged because they know that we're gonna look out for them. But yeah. it's all good. Yeah. It's just such an awesome like part of my life now. Like I've I've been doing it. This was my 24th year racing, so more than half my life. It's I've been doing this and. Uh, it has like become like now that my kids are doing it i think it's just gonna keep being like like a family affair i can't imagine not coming here this time of year it's just my favorite thing and i don't know pretty stoked on it <laughs> right on. it doesn't get old ever yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right on tommy thank you for your time yeah, no thank you sam yeah, yeah for sure when i was talking with evie leafarth the olympic slalom kayaker i asked her about the impressions of the safety culture because she is in this natural river environment rather than the artificial rivers of the slalom course. I asked her about the culture of safety, not on race day, but on the practice days prior. And to be clear, the practice days aren't an organized event. They're just people in the gorge boating, managing their own safety. The official green race safety program is exclusive to race day. Being down there today at the practice laps was pretty interesting to watch. The safety culture? There wasn't a lot of like people set up for it, but there were so many boaters up and down the different stretches of the river, and they all have throw bags, and they're all suited up, and everyone's kind of watching everyone. Like They're talking, but they're watching everybody, and if anything goes down, people were there to help. I'm curious what you think about like the safety culture, and I'm curious about the camaraderie, like how people are welcoming you in and saying, Evie, this is how 
this works and we want to help you or is there not that happening? The crew that I've been paddling with has been really amazing in helping me kind of figure out, you know, how setting safety works, how we all need to be like looking out for each other. Um, And they've all been looking out for me, which is really great. I've definitely gotten myself into like a couple situations where they needed to come help me. And I'm really great to have like a crew that I trust so much. But I think that almost anyone on the river, like if they see someone who needs help, they're going to go help them. And I think that that like it's so important on a river like the green because the river is really dangerous and everyone needs to be aware. Everyone needs to be looking out for each other. And I think that it's just so great to see so many people doing that. Like it's a really like like it feels like a really safe environment. You've talked about like how you grew up with your folks being boaters and you've talked about your competitions and then this green race maybe peeling away some of those kind of um, uh, those icons, like those those images that go with it, like over here you're a competitor, over here you're with your family. Below that, what what is your what is your feeling around rivers and your relationship with them? Yeah, how do you how do you feel about rivers? I think that rivers in general just make me feel very like calm and kind of like I belong almost. Um, I think that it's just been such a big part of my life that like if I'm ever stressed or anything like I will go to a river and I'll paddle and always like makes me feel better which I think is like a little bit funny because on rivers like the green obviously it's not like calming at all but it's just like the fact of like being like out in nature like kayaking like doing what I love like that's so special to me um and then I'd also say like for racing it's just like the place where I can absolutely push myself to be the best that I can I really love like the adrenaline that I get at the start of a race. I love that feeling of, you know, setting a goal for myself and seeing if I can achieve that. And the river lets me do that. I am curious about Red Bull. You're wearing the Red Bull hat. You have one of the few kayaking Red Bull helmets that exist. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, being partnered with Red Bull is like one of like the absolutely most exciting things that's happened to me. It's a dream that I had since I was really little. And I remember like uh, watching Dane Jackson actually at the 2013 Freestyle World Championships. Uh, they were in my hometown and I remember like running up to him because I wanted to get like my shirt signed by a Red Bull athlete. And I think that like the fact that I'm competing out here with him is just really exciting for me. But yeah, it's just like really a dream come true. Um, and they've just been so helpful, you know, helping me like get here to the green race, plan everything out um, and, you know, help help make this goal like help make this goal happen. Mm-hmm. There's a video of you when you got your first Red Bull helmet. Was that like literally when you first got your Red Bull helmet? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Nikita, uh, a BMX athlete, gave it to me. Oh wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Do you just have one, or do you have like a backup? Um. So I have a few. I have my Solemn <laughs> helmet, and then I have my Creaking helmet. Um. Huh. And I have like a shiny one and a matte one. Lava Box is sponsoring this episode about the Green Race. Earlier in this episode, we talked about the shoebox-sized portable campfire. Lavabox also has a larger version called the Krakatoa Fire Breather. The Krakatoa will slide right into your rocket box bay on your raft. Or are you looking for something a little fancier? Check out their all-new 304 stainless steel Hecla. It is sharp looking. Josh at Lavabox first came up with the idea of this portable campfire as a tool to prevent forest fires. When the wind picks up and fans your fire, you can just turn down the flame. When it's time to crawl in your sleeping bag for the night, just turn off the fire and close the lid. No embers blowing in the wind. Right now, Lava Box is offering River Radius listeners 10% off everything in your cart. 
Use the promo code River Radius at checkout. That is one word, River Radius. Josh Thurman, the guy behind Lava Box, is a longtime river guide and paddled the green for several years. These Lava Box portable campfires are the best portable campfires available, and they are hand-built in Colorado by a river runner. You can find Lava Box online at www.fireanytime.com. That is www.fireanytime.com and also on Instagram and Facebook. Tell them the River Radius sent you. Our second sponsor for today's episode is the Native Teen Guide and Training Program. This week-long training program focuses on career path skills in the river guiding industry, and this program takes place on the San Juan River, floating across lands of the Diné Navajo Nation. All of the teenage participants and the majority of the professional river guide staff are members from various indigenous tribes. Program outcomes include coming into the power of your captain's voice, enhancing native-based knowledge, history, and culture, growth in self-management and confidence, and gaining professional outdoor guide experience and marketable skills. The Native Teen Guide in Training Program will host its 11th season in 2023. Individuals and river industry companies are welcome to contact the program to explore sponsorship options. In today's episode notes, there are direct links to the Native Teen Guide and Training Program and a video from the 2021 season. You can also find them online, www.cfimoab.org. That is www.cfimoab.org. And there, find the Native Teen Guide and Training Program. Tell them the River Radius sent you. Late in the evening of the Saturday race day, after all of the results were calculated, the awards ceremony was ready to begin. No racers know their official time until this award event. Their time is tracked by a chip in their race bib. So when they start, it starts, and when they go through a gate at the end, it goes off. The final results are all kept secret until the onstage announcement. In a big white pole tent in the middle of the festival grounds with a bonfire burning out back, Jason Hale and John Grace take the stage. Everyone converged to the tent. The junior class awards were given, the duo boat awards, some other things were announced, and then with hoarse voices, Jason Hale works to be louder than the crowd announcing the women's longboat race. Over to Jason Hale. Let's do it. Right. I got the women. All right, here we go. In eighth place, Bobby Harris, 640. Give it up. Lynn Ball, 618. Tara Blair, 543. Andrew Carter, 540. Michaela Phelan, 538. The top eight women racers were listed off. Of all the women racers, 
Evie and Adrian were the only two with times below five minutes. Evie Leifarth hit second place with a time of four minutes, 41 seconds. Adrian Levconnect was first, winning her 13th green race with a time of four minutes, 32 seconds. That time is second best of all of her 13 wins. Besides the glory, Adrian is awarded a sweet stained glass image of Gorilla Rapid. Inside the tent, the crowd embraces her, and Evie is celebrating right with her on the podium. It's been a long year for Adrian Leffinette. Give it up. Her heart, soul, baby, she's back. Ain't nobody loving this place like Adrian. Give it up to Sarah Rula. After the race and after the awards, I talked one final time with both Evie and Adrian. I talked with Evie Liebfarth next to the cabin house at the festival grounds. How you feeling, Evie? The race is over. How you feeling? Um, I'm feeling really good. I'm really stoked with my time, um, and I was really stoked to be on the podium right behind Adrian. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really proud of myself for just making it down. Tell, so tell me about it. What, what was your time? What was your place? Uh, my time was a 4.41, and I got second place. And tell me about the race. I mean, that's four minutes and 41 seconds of just raging down. As I learned, it's actually called uh, mad bombing down the green. <laughs> How'd it go? How'd it feel? Yeah, um, I think the top part of my run was really good. Um, I was really pushing the boat. I was really uh, kind of sprinting as hard as I could up there. And then um, after Gorilla, I flipped and rolled uh, and then got a little bit messed up on the next couple sides. Um, but aside from that, you know, I was I was really proud of my run. What, like, what do you mean got messed up? Like, because of the because you rolled in gorilla, you got messed up? Uh, no, I just I didn't have the best lines through the slides. Um, I got pushed over to the right a little bit onto the wall, um, which is it's just a slower line than you should take. But it wasn't the end of the world. Were you scared at all today? Oh, absolutely. I think that like rounding like the corner above gorilla and having like so many people there and just. Like it was, it was like super scary, um, but in like a great way, like exhilarating. Tell me about your slide, like your, your entrance into the notch, which is the entrance into the flume and the, like the like kind of the beast of the gorilla. Um, my entrance into the notch, I was pretty happy with. Um, I came around kind of on a lefty um, jump stroke, and then was able to turn that into a backstroke. But I had, um, I had a much like wider line there than I did yesterday which was really great uh so I was able to have like actually great like boof off of um like the pillow um yeah it, it was a good line I was really happy with it I saw it I was up there that's where I was when you came through and I was really noticing that it was it was almost like you came I think it's called flying squirrel and all the way through the notch in the straight line which not everyone does there's a lot more curling and kind of I don't want to say zigzag but a lot of more curl and yours was just really straight it was cool to see that here she comes. Here comes Evie Leapfarth right here. And and how so you you had crowds. You've had crowds in many events. How does this crowd like fit in all the crowds you've had in your times? Um, hmm, the crowd here, 
I'd say it's just a lot different than like crowds that I've had before. Like the crowd here is really, you know, it's like a roar every time someone comes through, you know, they're supporting everyone. Um, I've definitely been to some solemn events like the Royal Championships and um, like Olympic trials where there have been like thousands and thousands of people there. Um, you know, the banks are totally packed, but it's definitely different when like everyone is cheering for everyone. So we talked about your slalom skills and how you have the memorization of things and that you weren't feeling like you were going to necessarily have the memorization of this place as much because, because it's just different. How, how, how was that for you? Um, I think that I was able to pull it together pretty well. I was sitting um, right above the start, visualizing all the rapids, trying to see, like, okay, like after this rapid, I've got to go here. Um, and I was able to follow that plan really well without really second-guessing myself too much. So I was really happy about that. Um, well, are you glad you came? Oh, absolutely I'm glad I came. I think this was such a cool experience for me. I got to meet so many great people. I got to really, you know, take myself out of my comfort zone, and I will definitely be back. Oh, yeah. What's, so what's next? what's next in the next few days for you now that you've done this? I mean, do you rest? Do you celebrate? Do you just go to school on Monday what do you got going on uh yeah um I have missed a lot of school training for green race um so I do unfortunately have to go to school Monday um but tomorrow I'm hoping to just literally lay in bed all day and sleep because I'm very tired yeah. like how do you recover from something like this um I think that just taking a couple days off um kind of like resetting yourself doing some stretching yoga active recovery um and then getting back into training but you know won't be green race training anymore it'll be solemn that's awesome all right. I don't think I've ever met an Olympic athlete either, so thanks for letting me talk to you. That's really fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you bet. You take care. You too. And here is Adrian. We stood inside the cabin house at the festival grounds in the kitchen. And because it's context here, a reminder that this race is dedicated to Sarah Rulin. Here is Adrian Levconnect. Hey, Adrian. Hi. <laughs> I'm all stuffy. I'm stuffy because I had the most fun. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Why, what do you mean you had the most fun? Man, I came off a gorilla and just was so happy. I was just stoked to be able to be on the green. And I remember Sarah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So let's uh, let's just put the, put the race together. You sit up at the top. You had a, you actually you launched pretty early. Tell me, just tell me about sitting up there at the top. It was fun to be able to start with all my friends. You know, like all the guys that I've raced against for years and years, and to be able to start with them was huge. That was it was really big. I started between Zach and Chris Grotmans, and Grotmans is a good friend of mine, and it's pretty amazing to be able to have, like, the people that you compete and train with to be able to race with you and support you for, like, the human that you are, and um, and that was special at the put-in. It was really nice at the beginning of the race. To be able to have Chris behind me and um, to know that if there was something that was to happen, <laughs> if something was to go wrong, 
that Chris would um, change his race for me. And, um, and that's a, it's an unsaid, like, love for each other and an unsaid, you know, friendship that we have. So it was really cool to be able to start with the dudes <laughs> as, as a woman, especially like that's special beyond like that you've trained with them. Is there something else about starting with the dudes? I mean, have you started in the past, like always with the women? Um, I can't really think of any other sport where you, where any women just like go in between the men and with, the green race, like, I just get slotted in with the men. And there's not very many races that you find that with, um, especially with, ex- with these extreme races. And it's huge. I mean, that's, I loved it. <laughs> I, I really liked it. So you had, uh, what was your time today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, I have no idea. Like, I... I don't know. I know I came came home with a piece of glass, and I'm super happy and thankful to have that piece of glass back because it means so much more to me than just, like, winning the race. It means a lot more than that. So taking that piece of glass home is... I don't really care what the, what my time was. I just care that I had the best time. And um, Sarah's saying was always keep it class two. In in uh, class five, saying it was keep it class fucking five two. <laughs> and I was like, I miss her. And I wish that she was here. If she, if we could keep it class fucking two all the time, it'd be great. Yeah, I'm just happy to have a piece of glass in my hand again. So, uh, what is this? I think the 13th year you've won. A couple other, other winners in there mixed in. I was talking with someone this morning at the race, um, kind of about the... the evolution of, uh, of the presence of women at the green... And um, they were talking about how they saw you this week sometime. I don't know what day. Um, talking to a younger male boater and mentoring this kid, teaching this kid, telling this kid some things, and that that really stood out to this person. What's your role become and becoming here at the Green? I mean, I want to share as much knowledge as I have to as many of the younger or anybody that's coming in and and is racing the green for the first time, I want to be able to share that like happiness and positivity, that stoke and that like hype um, to anybody that comes in and races the green race. That's what I want to be able to do. And uh, what's next? I get to go back to work at Greenville County for the two weeks well a week that I have at home and then I'm actually going surfing for three weeks <laughs> I won't kayak again until probably February maybe March so like literally the next couple of days you're just back to work like you don't get to lay on the couch and 
stretch and drink water. Like literally Monday morning at 5 a.m., I will have a uniform on and be at Greenville County, and I will do 48 hours of work. In the back, in the back of the ambulance. Yes, in an ambulance. So you know, there's like these cheesy questions that I feel like we're on like some sports channel right now, although we're in a kitchen. Uh, we are. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in lieu of the cheesy question, where does this year's race fit into the scheme of of all your green races? Um, I think losing Sarah was a huge um, hurdle that a lot of us had to go past. And it's not that we're going past it, it's that we we love and appreciate that Sarah is somewhere in that gorge and that she will always be there with Shannon and Maria and many of the others that we've lost in the in the recent years. And um and so this is kind of my like appreciation for them. And being able to grow out of my bubble of not being um, comfortable racing the green and now I am again and I'm happy and um, I mean I came off gorilla today laughing and I haven't had a green green race like that in years and so I'm I'm really happy I'm super happy alright Adrian, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on and, and, and talking with me three different times. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. An Appalachian watershed size thank you goes out to everyone that helped me with this pair of episodes. The main interview people, the random folks on the rocks who I forgot to thank, the people who gave me a place to stay and a car to drive, the people who let me push past them on the hikes, the people who held my umbrella, My entire experience in North Carolina for this race was an immersion in that Southern hospitality. Today's advertising sponsors are the Native Teen Guide and Training Program and Lava Box Portable Campfires. You can find web and Instagram links for both of these sponsors in the show notes. There is a memorial fund in honor of Sarah Rulin. A scholarship will be awarded by her family and friends to support folks in the paddling community with medical expenses or other causes that Sarah was passionate about. You can find a link for the Sarah Ruland Scholarship Fund in the show notes. And there is a conservation project to support the lands of the Green River. You can learn about that and support it by following a link in the show notes. Also in today's show notes, you can find so many links to the various information about the Green Race, videos of racing and rescues, online articles, websites, Instagram accounts. If you want to know what it looks like at the Green River, if you want to take that deep dive and go read and watch and learn, there are lots of videos and articles giving you that information. Today's music is composed and performed by Gene Reiniger. Be in touch anytime. Hello at theriverradius.com. Thanks so much for joining The River Radius. Keep it class two. And we think it's funner, more fun. Sorry, it's Alabama funner. <laughs> Roll Tide. Um, but I prefer to just have a really fast stroke rate and kind of just go like all out, like kind of hummingbird esque. The old saying was riding the glass elevator, you know, so we would poof out real hard, just drop down. It's a, it's a really cool feeling. Keep it class fucking five, two.